Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Hi, Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific shares are starting off the week in the green. Tokyo is up nearly 1%. Sydney is up three quarters of a percent. And Seoul is trading higher as well. Investors are assessing the latest jobs numbers out of the U.S. as well as some bullish economic data from China. Joining me now for a closer look at all this and more is Sunny Hamid. He's Director for Wealth Management at Financial Alliance. Good morning, Sunny. Good morning. The much-awaited U.S. jobs numbers are out, so the U.S. economy created 266,000 new jobs in April, far below market expectations because economists were anticipating some 1 million new jobs. Bond yields fell, stock prices rallied on the news, the Dow and S&P 500 both hit new record highs. Sunny, help us out with the basic narrative here. Why are markets cheering a worse-than-expected jobs report, and does it all boil down to easy credit? Yes, yes, it does. Um, the market is quite um, attuned now for the past couple of years since the crisis to interpreting bad numbers as good news because bad numbers basically means that the authorities, for example, the Federal Reserve would have to maintain a very loose monetary policy and inject more money into the system that the government uh, would have to actually do more fiscal pump priming and such. So I think um, the market was getting a bit worried that if the economy was chugging along at too fast a pace, some of these stimulus measures would be rained on um, and rained back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with this, I think market is taking comfort that, that we could see uh, a continued loose mm-hmm. fiscal and monetary policy. But if we do take a closer look at the jobs numbers, what do they tell us about the state of the U.S. economy? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the job numbers itself will basically tell us that it's not a straight line up. I think things are improving, but at the same time, as the economy reopens back again, you'll find certain sectors probably hiring much faster, certain sectors probably taking the opportunity to restructure and such. So it will not be a straight line. Uh, so I, I don't think we, we can expect basically a, a smooth path uh, to the upside, even going into the next few months. But the major trajectory should be still up. So JP Morgan strategists are doubling down on the so-called reflation trade, which anticipates good economic growth and an uptrend in prices. And they're advising investors to cut down on cash and buy more stocks and commodities. So sunny U.S. indices are at record levels now. Do you agree with JP Morgan? It's still a good time to buy? At least for this year, because I think we are coming into a period which I would term like somewhat like a Goldilocks period, meaning to say that um, we are reopening. We've seen the vaccine, especially in the U.S., taking place quite, uh, the, the program taking place quite well. Um, at the same time, the authorities are in no rush to, to quell this, this, this demand, this, this resurgence in the economy. I think they will take, take a step back. They won't raise interest rates. They won't actually cut back on fiscal spending. So you have a situation where the authorities are holding back, allowing the economy to probably run hotter than usual, and I think that's probably good for stocks. I want to turn now to the Singapore market. The Straits Times Index recaptured the 3200 level on Friday. It finished up 0.8% on Friday to close a fraction of a point above 3200. 
Sunny, Singapore is one of Asia's best-performing markets so far this year. The STI up more than 12% since January, and it trails only Taiwan on the Asian leaderboard. Now, despite Friday's gains, the STI still lost ground last week, and its upward trend seems to have stalled since April. So what is your take on our market now? The key reason why Singapore didn't do well last year was because it's not very much or not very heavily tech-laden. Mm-hmm. unlike uh, many other uh, uh, indices or, or markets elsewhere. Um, what we're seeing today is we're seeing uh, Singapore benefit from this shift from what so-called growth to value, meaning to say all sectors that were ignored last year, whether it's uh, uh, value stocks, whether it's uh, uh, stocks which are hospitality, airlines, energy, um, the market's reallocating to this basically uh, overlooked sectors, and I think Singapore's benefiting from that. So the main the main thing about Singapore now is basically mm-hmm. or the simple markets is, is basically um, is that done? Have we have we seen that reallocation back? Is that if that's finished, then basically the, the markets will actually move sideways or even just slightly higher from here because it's really done quite well so far. So I think that's the main question on everybody's mind. All right, corporate earnings season continues, and with it, we have more strong results. The diamond technology company Serene Technologies is reporting its best quarter in nearly seven years, and the petrochemical investment company Sinostarpec says its profits jumped nearly 60% in the first quarter. So if we take a closer look at the Singapore market, are there any particular sectors that you expect to outperform going forward? I think the sectors which didn't perform that well previously, the hospitality sectors, the, the, the airline sector, um, um, even some, to a certain extent, as you mentioned, the energy sector. Um, so these sectors itself will benefit from a reopening of the global economy and not only Singapore economy. So I think that will drive profitability and also I think share prices higher. So, so it's the ignored sectors which I think will, will outperform. All right. And uh, are you concerned that the reintroduction of social distancing rules could perhaps hurt Singapore shares? Um, with a bit, I guess a little bit, but at the mm. same time, we have to understand that um, uh, we've gone through this once before. So I think the, the authorities are um, in a better position to handle this. Mm-hmm. They're much more experienced. So I don't think there'll be anything drastic. If anything, you'll be taken in a very measured manner. And unless and until we see or they see a need to really shut down the economy, which is the worst case, uh, a hard lockdown, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that will happen. I think everything will be measured in such a way that the economy won't suffer like it did last year when, when we had hard lockdowns. All right. Yeah, we're all hoping we don't have to get there. In the commodity markets, the price of oil jumped 2% last week. Brent crude came in within a whisker of breaking past 70 US dollars per barrel, but found resistance at that level. It is now trading a few cents above $69. Sunny, on the one hand, we have those strong economic numbers coming out of the US, some higher than expected export numbers from China as well. But we also have surging COVID-19 cases in India, which is the third largest oil importer in the world. So how do you see this playing out in the commodity markets as tug of war between economies that are reopening and those that are facing further closures? Well, um, if we talk about India, I think uh, while things are quite in a dire situation there, I think Mm -hmm. uh, the markets tend to look forward. And when they are forward looking, they look two, three months into the future. And they say, you know, while things are bad, there will be a peak. Um, It will come off. Uh, um, and, and I think that's what the market is looking at. Um, so demand, which has dropped out so far from India, will probably come back on stream 
two, three months into the future. So I think uh, that's keeping the, the oil prices buoyed. Um, again, also one more thing is mm-hmm. the event in the U.S. where there was a cyber attack on the largest, I think, pipelines, fuel pipelines in the U.S. Right. I think that's now, again, raising some some concerns as to is this the end of it, if, if this is the largest pipeline, what about smaller ones, uh, um, do, are they well prepared uh, to face such cyber attacks and such? So I think all in all, it's, it's keeping oil well supported. Now, other commodities like copper are in short supply and we've seen copper prices rise significantly of late. In fact, copper price has doubled over the past year to more than 10,000 US dollars a tonne. And the Bank of America thinks that copper prices could still double yet again. Do you agree with their assessment? And in your view, is this still a good time to buy commodity ETFs, for example? I think we've seen, uh, we're undergoing that first phase where um, the the reopening of the global economy uh, results in is a huge pent-up demand. Um, so that's number one. Um, coupled with the fact that many countries are, are taking up strong fiscal policies, i.e. infrastructure spending, which then copper comes into play um, in order to support their economy. So I think that's the COVID demand uh, uh, demand pool factor for, for, for copper. Um, in the longer run, um, the thing that's going to push copper higher is the fact that the global economy is undergoing this this decarbonization effort, um, and that entails a lot of restructuring in many many industries. And again, it's got to do with infrastructure and such. So, I think long run, I do agree that we could see much higher copper prices. But again, I think it's not going to be a straight line. Uh, so, the strategy to adopt basically is any dips will probably be a good buying opportunity. We'll look out for the dips. Finally, before we let you go, what else is on investors' radars this week? What will you be on the lookout for? I think we have a few figures, uh, much more from from Europe, from the UK, um, less so from from the US, but still, I think uh, everybody's looking out for any signs uh, with regards to CPI, any signs of inflation coming back into the picture. With regards to growth, I think uh, uh, um, whether the economy is going to go much stronger than expected, which I don't think every, anybody wants that. They want a steady increase so that it doesn't provoke the, the authorities. But by and large, I think we are we're still chugging along in a, in a very good trajectory, which should be supportive of risky assets. All right. Thanks as always. Let's check in on the Straits Times Index. Uh, 14 minutes into the trading day and the SDI is starting in the green up 0.01% to 3,200.56. Time to say thank you very much, Sunny Hamid, Director of Wealth Management at Financial Alliance. Thanks for being here. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.